You know what's been on my mind a lot lately is The Matrix. The movie, the fact that we're living in it, and how it ties in with psychology. Now, I'm not saying that we're actually asleep in a pod with aliens feeding off of our energy, but the fact is that we do have the power to create our own individual reality. And starting to realize that is a lot like waking up from The Matrix. We're told all these things about how life is, uh, what we should want, how we should act, and stuff like that. But most of those things are very superficial and nothing more than an illusion. So in about 375 BC in Athens, Greece, Plato writes The Republic. And in this book, he tells a story as a metaphor to illustrate a higher truth. And I'm going to quickly review and talk about that story and why it's important to us. So the story is about a cave. And deep down in this cave, there is a fire burning. Past the fire is a road that people travel on. And further down, there are people who are chained up, facing away from the road and from the fire. And it's not a perfect metaphor, so don't get hung up on the details. But these people have spent their entire lives stuck here. They've been watching the shadows cast by the fire. And because they can't move, they believe that the shadows that they see of these people traveling on the road are the real thing. And that's all there is. They don't have a frame of reference for anything more than that. They've never seen anything other than these shadows. They have no conception of reality. Now, Plato says to imagine what would happen if one of these people were released and forced away from the cave. Just seeing the fire and the road would be a shock, but then leaving the cave would be downright painful for them. It would take time for their eyes to adjust, and they would only be able to look at the world incrementally. They would have to work up towards being able to just walk around and see things as they were. First, they would have to, um, you know, squint and barely be able to keep their eyes open. Then they would be able to look at um, some things, maybe the reflections of things in the water. And then finally, they'd be able to actually look around and even look at the sun for short periods of time. Now, if you're anything like me, the first time you heard this story, it seemed a little bit abstract and not terribly useful to or, you know, relevant to daily life. Now, there's several potential meanings to this, and I believe that Plato was aware of all of them. But the interpretation I want to focus on today is the idea of being freed from the world of illusion. When he was describing the character slowly opening his eyes and feeling the pain from the light of the sun, the first thing I thought of was the scene in The Matrix when Neo asks why his eyes hurt so much. And the answer, of course, is because this is your first time using them. Now, there is an ultimate reality, there is an ultimate truth, obviously, but we are not equipped to perceive it as human beings. Our memories are subjective, and they change throughout our lives. We can't see anything as it really is, because that raw information has to be filtered through our preconceived notions of what life is. To tie this back in with the cave metaphor is just to, re to remember that we are living in a world of illusion. The things that, like, when we think we have control over something, that's not, we, we really don't. The decisions that we make we typically don't make for the reasons that we think we do. We're chained up watching the shadows dance on the wall of the cave, and we're really not able to even begin to grasp what's really happening to cast those shadows in the first place. We see life and other people as this big mystery of unpredictability, but when you really get into the mechanics of it all, we're pretty straightforward creatures. We behave in predictable ways, and the more time you spend observing this and other people, the more you realize how true this is. When I first started to get really serious about researching psychology, I was really mind blown because the more I learned, the more I realized how blind I was to the operations of my unconscious. And we don't see things as they really are. We don't remember things as they actually happened. And 
we're not in control of 95% of what we do or think. We live in this illusion and we think that the shadows on the wall are all that there is. We think we act a certain way or that other people act a certain way and that the surface level understanding we have is all that there is, but it's not. We don't realize that these two-dimensional shadows that are being cast um, and that we mistake for reality are actually coming from a, a three-dimensional person, somebody, something that's more complicated than what we think it is, and that these people, they have lives outside of that shadow. And in this analogy, obviously, that um, can mean a lot of different things, one of which being the unconscious forces that control us, that drive us. You can't cast a shadow on the wall by interacting with it. You have to interact with the person casting the shadow or the light behind him or her. So in this example, what I'm driving at is that this is why it's so important to understand your unconscious mind, to understand the biases that you have, the, the way that you choose to see reality, because it is a choice. You can always change your um, the paradigm that you use to, to navigate through life. And once you start to understand the mechanics of the unconscious, it takes you from that two-dimensional realm of shadows into the real world. Now, being able to see the bigger picture, it puts you in a position where you're able to be much more successful because you understand what's going on behind the scenes. It's practical once you understand the mechanics of it all. After doing it for a while, you start to realize something too. People are incredibly predictable. I mean, it gets boring after a while, to be honest. And I think that this is the first phase of leaving the cave, so to speak. It's turning around and and seeing that there's something tangible creating um, those shadows. It's realizing that there's more out there and taking steps towards discovering it all. In a sense, you're leaving the cave and coming to the light of the day, but in another sense, uh, you're actually falling further and further down the rabbit hole. So it's kind of a, a paradox to some extent, at least in my mind. The modern retelling of the story of the cave, in my opinion, is the Matrix, because he discovers that everybody is being manipulated by these very powerful forces who have the ability to separate themselves from the illusion and therefore pull all the strings. Now, obviously, the movie makes it look cool and exciting because there's a lot of gunfights and Keanu Reeves is in it, but the reality is that most people are completely content to stay in their little bubble, and because of that, it's very easy for someone from the outside to control them. And more than that, just like in the movie, um, they, they want that bubble they get mad when you try to wake them up. And Plato really emphasizes that anybody who's become free from the cave has a moral responsibility to return and help everybody who's still stuck down there. Even, those, even though those people will mock you and threaten you and tell you that there's nothing else out there, that the two-dimensional realm of shadows is all that there is, we have a responsibility to go back um, once we've seen the truth and the bigger picture. We, have, we, ha we should go and help other people to see the same. Now... Again, these illusions are what we think life is. We think we're in control and that we make these rational decisions, but that's not what any psychology experiments have been showing us for a very long time. We behave according to our unconscious programming, and waking up to that programming is just as shocking as being pulled out of the cave or out of the matrix in a way. Learning all of this, we also realize just how irrational everybody else is. And when you start to understand the patterns and what causes that irrationality, you can use this to become very successful and to navigate through the social world very efficiently. So that's kind of the point of the show. I'm on this journey with you guys. Um, I'm dragging you along with me, whether you like it or not. 
And I'm not too sure how far along I am in this metaphor in terms of like where, where I'm at in the cave. But I really do believe that a solid understanding of psychology is a great place to start. It starts with learning some practical stuff that can help you become a little bit more successful. But once you get that stuff down, you want to see how far you can take it. And I don't think it ever ends, but it's a very interesting journey to be on for sure. So we're going to find out together and it's going to be a lot of fun. But the key takeaway for today is that just like escaping from the matrix or from the cave, we can choose to elevate ourselves above our unconscious programming, which gives us the power to be truly successful at whatever we choose. Now, again, that's the point of most of these episodes that I make is showing you how you can kind of hack into your own unconscious programming, how you can rewire your brain. And humans are very, very interesting in that. So the difference between, or one of the differences between us and say a computer system, a robot, is that we can, we run off of programming, we run off of code. I mean, the information in our brain is, it's just a biological thing instead of, you know, made out of metal and um, silicone and whatever else robots are made out of. Uh, but it, it we, we operate in a very similar way, but what makes it so interesting is that yes, we run on autopilot most of the time, but we don't really understand a lot of what happens. However, we do have the ability to become aware of that. And once we do, we can change it. We can change our own coding, our own programming, and we can change it to pretty much whatever we want. And I was reading a very interesting um, article off of the CIA's website. They have some of their declassified documents up there. And my new favorite hobby is looking through those for conspiracy theories and anything interesting. And there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of junk but there is a lot of very interesting stuff out there. And one of the things that I was really getting into recently was some of their research into hypnosis. And I'm not going to get too far into it today, but basically what they came up with, um, they, they were using it for espionage and, you know, interrogation and things of that matter. But the theme that they didn't hit on it directly, but he kept saying, well, we can only do so much with hypnosis because basically people, they see what they expect to see. So it's not a reliable way to get information because people are creating their own realities and the memories aren't necessarily accurate. And when you give somebody commands, it's completely subjective to that one person's experience. So you can't really accurately predict what they're going to do. And he, and he keeps like saying this over and over again about how we create our own realities. And I felt like he was really, I, he, he was kind of disappointed that he couldn't get people, he couldn't hypnotize people into giving up secret information. And I was like, but you're missing the bigger, <laughs> the bigger picture here. I mean, you're stating that hypnosis is such a powerful thing because people are creating their own reality, because whatever they believe is what they're going to find evidence for. And that's something else I talk about a lot. If you look at the confirmation bias, I mean, your brain can argue for anything. And once it believes something, it will find evidence to make it seem true. Um, that's why you get false confessions a lot. That's why, because people, they come up, they create these false memories and they don't realize this is what's happening, but they're, they're in a state of suggestibility. And once they believe that something happened, they remember it happening. And that's a really, that's a scary thing, but it's also a very powerful thing when you understand that you can hack into this intentionally. When you understand the mechanics of how your brain works, you can choose how you want to see the world and your brain will supply the evidence to support that. And you might say, well, is it really worth believing something if I know I'm making the choice to believe it? And the answer is, well, you're going to have to believe something. 
So let's say that you want to decide that you can be successful, that you can be likable, that you can be wealthy, that you can be, you know, rich and famous, what, whatever it is your heart desires. Choosing to believe it in and of itself doesn't make it real objectively. But if you start finding evidence, oh, yeah, well, I can be successful because I have the ability to work every day. And you, you start working every day and your, your, your brain sees, hey, I'm actually making progress here. And it starts to, to compound and to grow. You start to make more and more progress. Eventually, what happens is you create this system of beliefs and you have all this evidence showing that, hey, here's all these times I was successful, even if it's little things. And they add up and they make me feel successful, even though I haven't achieved maybe millions of dollars or, you know, the huge house on the beach or whatever, you start to believe that you are successful, that you can be. And that completely changes the way that you feel about yourself. It changes the way that you see your life. And I mean, yes, that is subjective, but you can be in that exact same situation and be completely miserable. You can have those same accomplishments and see yourself as uh, being unsuccessful because you choose to look at that as, well, it's insignificant. It's not that big of a deal. I was successful at these two or three things, but I don't have X amount of money. I don't have, you know, this house or this relationship or whatever else. So you, you have to choose something. And if you don't consciously choose something, you're going to choose something unconsciously. And if it's unconscious, more than likely what's going to happen is society, whether that's through your parents, your teachers, the friends that you have through school, the media, whatever else it is, that's who's going to tell you what reality is. And that's not really something you want happening. Especially if those people don't have what you want. So it's a very powerful thing to understand that we are creating our lives in our side of our heads. The brain's encased in darkness. It takes in all this information and it translates it into something useful. And it typically is useful, but the fact is that it's not real. It's, the information is an interpretation. And once we learn how to change the coding, change the programming, and make that interpretation whatever we want is a very powerful thing because then our life becomes whatever we want. And I'm going to insert a quote from Vishen Lakhiani. He says, if you can choose any model of reality that you want and accept it as true, why not choose a model that suggests that you can literally bend reality to your wishes? Which is exactly what I'm talking about here. You have to believe something. And you're going to choose something. So just something to think about, guys. Thanks for listening. Good luck.